is C.L. Whiteside, and this is the Non-Microwave Truth. Let's get right into it today. Our first world problem is what fruit did Adam and Eve eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? People that aren't even Christians know the story of Adam and Eve and them eating a, a fruit from a tree. And what it seems to be by popular choice in our American culture is to say that it's an apple. And this just made me think of a song that J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar put out together called Forbidden Fruit. And why that stuck out in my mind is because J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar painted a, a unique picture that when Adam and Eve took the fruit, they became intoxicated. And of course, what fruit did they choose? They chose an apple like most people would. But I don't think it was an apple. And I also don't agree with them having the fruit and then becoming intoxicated. In fact, I think it was the exact opposite. Because I look at Adam and Eve like they probably were in some euphoric, utopia, awesome feeling, super high off of life. Life is good. Life is awesome. And when they ate that fruit, it was like that gut punch, that embarrassing, disgusted, shameful feeling Almost like waking up and just having a, a massive hangover or, or headache. And I just want to know, what do you think? What type of fruit do you think was on that tree? Or what fruit was it? Does that fruit still exist? If you had to guess, what would you pick? Remember, I, I do want to hear what you think, though. You can let me know on Instagram or Twitter, Champion Life 23 Tell me what you think. All right, this is what I, my guess is. And I don't have a rhyme or reason behind it. But maybe it's just because I love the fruit and I just picture it being so juicy and delicious. I think it was a mango tree. That's not biblical. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, but that's my guess. You tell me what you think, though. But I'll tell you this. I highly doubt it was an apple. So I disagree with J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. By the way, I'm not endorsing that song or saying you should go listen to it either. This is our first world problem today, though. Let me know what you think. It's dinner time. Today on the menu, we have nothing but vegan options. I'm just playing with you. And I'm not trying to make fun of people who are vegan. That's pretty dope. Great discipline. But I don't know if I've shared this with you or not, that I'm getting married. Or maybe when this even comes out, I'll already be married and uh, newlywed. Now, I'm not telling you that because we're about to talk about marriage or dating. I'm telling you that because... There's interesting questions that you get asked when you people find out that you are getting married. And, and there are intriguing expectations that people automatically have. And one of those things that comes up undoubtedly is, what are you doing for your bachelor party? And I think there's a stereotype and a norm that all men want to go to the strip club. And, and I just look at that like, man, that, that can open up a can of worms. Like somebody could go to the strip club and lose their mind. But what people tell you and other men will tell me is, hey, man, you, you want to go ahead and you want to get all of it out your system. You know, if it comes down to you're not married yet, you, you're not tied down yet. So you want to get all of it out of your system. 
And that means if it comes down to having sex with as many people as you possibly can up to that point, yeah, that's that's true. That's what some people tell you. Or just, just go to the strip club and let loose. Have a good time, young brother. You can do it. And I'm like, man, that's that's horrible advice. And usually what people are saying is like, you don't want to be stuck. Or you are stuck with your wife for the rest of your life. And it's like, man, if you stuck with anything and it's like that, you need to get out of it. Like, don't even get get started with that. And looking at that, it's like um, I also coach sports. If my athletes told me before the season, because this is like preseason right now, the, the engagement process is like preseason if you were looking at sports, that they wanted to go and get it all out of their system. And leading up to the season, they wanted to drink and smoke and party and not work out. And instead of doing what we usually do, which is we train and get ready for the season, I would just be like, man, you really don't want to play. You really don't want to have the best season that you you possibly can have. And I got to admit, I've been training because I do have some stuff to work on. I guess I can be a little selfish at times, and sometimes my communication isn't the best. So those have been things I've been trying to work on in my preseason before marriage. And this is a passage that I want to share with you today, which comes from James 1, verse 5. And it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to us generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And I just think about that like, man, you have to be careful who you take advice from because people will send you off and they will send you off. They will have you doing something like, well, my friend told me and they look to be successful and they made it and it's okay with them. And we definitely going to spend an episode episode on, on counsel and role models and people we listen to and take advice from. But that's not today. So let's get into the quote and the, the main gist of our lesson today. And the quote is this. Acting a fool or donkey doesn't get it out of your system. It just gives life to a fool and a donkey. Now, all of us have a fool or donkey inside of us. I mean, we, you just have to admit that. And in fact, some of us have a fool or donkey that might get us a ton of attention. Because that's kind of the, the culture that we live in. The most loud and the most um, bold people. In fact, in fact, the people that, that act a fool and a donkey are oftentimes the ones that will get the most attention. Now, you got to think about your fool or your donkey. Will it get you in trouble or does it get you in trouble? Because it's, it's really just a matter of time. Now, I want you to think. Some of you are like, what is a fool? What is a donkey? These are things that, that go against God's word. And, and I'll go back to that strip club scenario or, or thing I was given. It's like, would you have a good time at a strip club? I mean, I think most people would say they have a great time at a strip club. But you plan with sexual urges that have been microwaved, and you literally are throwing money away. Like, think about this. T-Pain made a whole song about falling in love with a stripper, and some people really do. What if I went to the club and fell in lust with one? I'd be starting my marriage off horribly then and bring even more baggage than I already have into a relationship because my mind is drifting to that stripper in a microwave situation and not giving the filet mignon I have at home the proper attention and time to cook. That's playing with fire and giving life to that donkey. And this made me think about the book that Divine Franklin wrote, The Truth About Men. Definitely worth the time to check out. And it just talks about how, especially us men, have a dog in us. And it's kind of like, how are you going to train that dog? If you've ever seen a, a dog and how they act, 
Some dogs are just wild and out of control, and they're jumping all over, all over the place, and they constantly looking for immediate pleasure. And some dogs can be disciplined. And when their owner says move, they move. And for us, it's like our owner, our owner is God. And are we following him, or are we just a wild dog that has no training and doesn't know what's going on? And we are kind of like the culture that's also, um, after this time, I'll stop. You know, after this time, this is going to be my last time telling somebody off. And then we get on that phone and we start posting on social media or we get behind the screen and we start sending that email. And before we know it, that one last email, that one last text, that one last post is just another cycle of post or text or emails where we're telling somebody off. Or, you know what, man, this I promise this is my last time smoking. I'm done smoking after this time. In fact, you've probably been a couple weeks without smoking. And I'm, I'm done smoking, though. Or how about I'm done eating this sweet or I'm done cheating or I'm done looking at porn. And it's like the last just becomes another time when you when you do it like that. And we usually justify by saying, like, I'm not hurting anyone. And this is exactly what I mean about giving life to a fool or a donkey. Like all of us have relapses because we're, we're not perfect. But I'm talking about when we deliberately say I'm going to do something one more time knowing that that one more time is not good for us. Like, there's nothing we should do one more time, especially deliberately, when we know it's not good for us. Because that just gives life to a fool or a donkey I'm talking about. This made me just think of a couple biblical examples and how it cost them. Like, I wonder what Judas's thought process was. I'm guessing he was thinking, man, I'm just going to steal one more time, and then this will be it. And then that ended up making him and enter a cycle that he shouldn't have never entered. Or when you look at Lot, Lot is in Genesis 19. You might want to check that out sometime. Lot's wife saying, I just have to look back at this city one more time and how that caused her to be a, a pillar of salt. And I got a real life example where people are like, man, I'm going to smoke one more time or I'm going to by this date, I'm going to be done smoking. And then all of a sudden that the job that they've been looking for and they want it is open and they like, yeah, I can't even apply now or I can't, I'm afraid to apply because I can't pass the drug test. That one more time is trying to microwave something that shouldn't be microwaved. Like that should be thawing out and don't mess it up in the microwave. When it's deliberately done, it's like you're giving life to something that's dormant, that's in a deep sleep. It's like a fire that's about to die. And every time we do that one more time, you put gas on it and it poof, it rises again. And I'm talking about myself, too. And I just look at that like it's, it's anything you can stop or you don't do for exterior periods of time, you can be in control of. And you just got to be careful of that. And I look at myself, it's like I drink. Can I can I go a couple weeks without drinking? Can I go a few weeks? Can I go a month without drinking? It's something that I have to do to make sure that I'm still in control. And I think social media is the same thing, too. Every once in a while, I'm giving myself a social media cleanse where, all right, I'm not going on Snapchat or I'm not going on Twitter. Or I'm not going on Instagram. And people always say, well, I can do it if I want to. Well, have you ever done it, though? Have you ever literally said, I'm not going on it and then actually done it? A lot of times I hear people say, I could do it if I wanted to, but I just don't want to. Well, then how do you really know who's in control then? Maybe that social media app is in control and you don't even know it or maybe that whatever is in control and you don't even know it unless you actually stop it for an extended period of time 
And some things should be stopped altogether, point blank period. It shouldn't be something that we constantly go back to and do an extended period of time. Especially, I, I think about just like eating habits. Some eating habits should automatically be done and we shouldn't even flirt with the temptation. And I know it's always that thing where we all want to let loose at times. But for some of us, and I know I'm guilty of this, letting loose and acting a fool doesn't look any different. Like someone couldn't tell the difference. And we get enamored by, man, I just want to have a good time, that it cost us. And what does it cost us at times is what we might be in denial about. And we're giving life to that fool or that donkey. Like the, the struggle is real. Like no one wants to be like Judas and get to a point where they're continuously stealing or like Lot's wife where she had to take one more, one more look. And I think no one is like, hey, I want to get addicted to porn or I want to get addicted to drugs. And it's just more so it's probably that one more time mentality that we all have at, at different times. And we want to believe that we can stop when we want to or stop when we think it'll get brought to the light. But it's like, why play with fire? Why go walk on thin ice and you know it's springtime? Even though people are cheering you on and it's awesome when people dare you to do something and you're getting that love and that attention, it's like, why? Who is it going to cost in the long run? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost me. The reason this has been on my mind or on my heart is because I see people's lives getting destroyed. It's, it's just not good. And it's all because they gave into that fool or that donkey that's inside of them. And I'm guessing what they're thinking is if I give into that fool or that donkey inside of me that wants to come out, this will cause it to go away. But in reality, they're feeding and creating a monster they eventually will or already don't have control over. And no lie, I thought I could get rid of that fool and that donkey and me by giving into it and thinking that would actually tame it. And I'm telling you, that's a lie. It's a trick. It's a trap. I know because I've fallen into that trap and it cost me and put me in some spots that I didn't see. And I, I definitely never want to go back to that. And just some common sense is like when you feed something, you give it life. So, okay. So what do we do then? Stop feeding it. Feed something else. Time and energy has to go somewhere else. Like New hobbies, um, new friends, new environment, new challenges. Like it's easy to tell someone to stop eating bad, but you need to replace bad with good. One of the big issues is we don't replace bad with something good, and then we think we can just stop. Very few things work like that, though. It has to be something like, I'll stop gossiping by stop taking that person's phone call or checking that person's story. And instead, I'm going to find books to read to occupy my mind. Or I'll stop being on social media, social media so much by leaving my phone or adding restrictions and then replacing that with something like working out. And we'll end on this. And this is game changing, like game changing. This is something I realize. My strength comes from not testing my strength. <laughs> when I eliminate putting myself in a position where I need to be strong as much as I possibly can, it saves me. And I just want you to think, where are you putting your time and effort? That's the key. When you're really conscious and on top of it, you understand that time and effort and energy has to go to other things. 
One of the best things you can ever invest in building is a relationship with Christ. And that's because he's the one who can tame that fool and that donkey that wants to come out in all of us. He's the one that can change our desires of wanting to get loose the same way. He's the one who can replace and give you real security that you thought acting a fool and donkey would give you. This is the non-microwave truth, a Time of Grace production. And if you like it or love it, share it with one of your friends. Tell them about the podcast. Sharing is caring. I'd appreciate it greatly. And don't forget, you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. I would love to hear from y'all and get some feedback. Let me know what you're thinking. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Stay no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.